Hi, welcome to episode 539 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I am not releasing my tax returns. They are too complicated for you people to understand. Oh, who am I kidding? It's the 1040EZ! In every episode of the Fantastic Four cast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. And today, it's Fantastic Four 539 from September 2006. Decisions made by J. Michael Straczynski and Mike McCone. And so the Civil War continues, and our story begins at a secret underground lair, where the secret Avengers, the superheroes who are against the Anti-Registration Act, and have become outlaws, are hiding. We have Captain America, Daredevil, Cloak and Dagger, and Power Man. I refuse to call Luke Cage by his real name. You're Power Man, dude! That's your handle! Own it! They're trying to find out where Iron Man is taking a group of detainees, so they can stage an ambush. And then three members of a human anti-registration street gang from Yancey Street, the ones from last issue, show up and they say they have information that can help. They hand cap a piece of paper with very detailed plans. And obviously, at first, the heroes think it might be a setup. But Captain America takes the paper and says they'll verify it. Meanwhile, Puppet Master and the Mad Thinker are working together in, a, in an abandoned factory making new puppets for whatever nefarious plan they have going on. It would be nice if it turned out that the crazy fascist Reed Richards was being controlled by the puppet master the entire time, but it's too late for that. Mad Thinker says, You know, there is a reason I have sacrificed all other names in order to be known as the Thinker. Puppet master says, I thought you were known as the Mad Thinker. And the Thinker replies that he once had some anger management issues. I've never seen him have anger management issues. He's always been the coolest, calmest villain in the entire FF stable. Puppet Master admits that after being beat by the Fantastic Four the first few times, it caused him to team up with others. And this often left him in a subservient position, and sometimes scaling back on his ambitious dreams. And usually, if successful, he was always planning to kill off his partner and take all the credit for himself. This seems like an incredibly stupid thing to admit to your current partner in crime. He goes on to say that would balance his psychological issues and his self-image. And he spends a lot of time talking to his clay figures. Mad Thinker writes down a number on a piece of paper and gives it to Puppet Master, saying it's the number of a good therapist. What the hell? <laughs> I enjoyed this scene. Very crazy. So Thinker takes Puppet Master over to this elaborate Dr. Emmett Brown style model of an entire city block and they're going over the details of the Secret Avengers attack on the convoy of prisoners. Now we did see this last issue that the Puppet Master did give the plans to someone and that someone was in the Yancey Street Gang who gave those plans to Captain America just now. Matt Thinker has created a cere cerebral enhancement system for Puppet Master, a helmet that he says will allow him to control those providing security for the convoy. Puppet Master just wonders if the helmet is safe to use. Mad Thinker says it is, and he adds, One should trust one's partners. Do you not agree? It's never a good thing when your partner says that to you. Of course, I never trust any of my partners in crime. I usually kill them before they kill me. Oh wait, did I say that out loud? 
I hope I remember to delete that later. So back in the real city, Iron Man and Spider-Man are watching over the convoy of trucks of prisoners. And nearby in a deli, the thing, finally, a member of the FF appears in this issue, and he's complaining about the amount of fat on his corned beef. The guy at the counter wonders why Ben isn't out with his partners, but Ben is more worried about the Yancey Street Gang, saying that he thinks they might be in over their heads. The clerk says he thinks it's good that the Yancey Street Gang were getting involved in politics, giving them a way to act out their aggression peacefully. Peacefully? Weren't they tossing bricks and pipes at a bunch of cops last issue? I don't think that's very peaceful. But then again, I don't think they made it clear exactly whether or not that was the Yancey Street Gang that was part of those riots last issue. He says the gang is going to another protest at 10 o'clock. Ben rushes off to see what's going on. Back with Spider-Man, he tells Iron Man that his spider sense is warning him of trouble. I don't know how, but Captain America has set off Spider-Man's spider sense. I think it's defective. Cap is leading a group of in the tunnels under the street. Iron Man orders the convoy to change routes, but the secondary route is blocked by protesters, so they have to go to their third option, which takes them down Yancey Street. Spidey is like, Route C, oh no! And then, of course, they start getting pelted by bricks and pipes. I guess the deli guy considers that peaceful. Back with Puppet Master, who's wearing his new helmet, he's complaining that Spider-Man can sense his presence. Mad Thinker says they have to strike now. And up in one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicopters flying above the convoy, one of the pilots under Puppet Master's control fires a bunch of missiles down toward everybody else. Well, that'll set off anybody's spider sense. Iron Man, Miss Marvel, Spider-Man, and, and they all try to take out as many missiles as they can. And nearby on the street, Ben Grimm arrives, and he sees what's going on, and at all the chaos, and he's like, Holy cripe! Iron Man screams down to the thing, We've got prisoners, don't let them escape! And then he sees Power Man and his teammates running over, and he's like, Ben, we could use your help to bust out our guys. Well shit, Ben can't really be Switzerland now, he's gotta pick a side. And then we see some guy, Mouse, from the Yancey Street Gang, picking up some round device out of a trash can, and he seems to be in a trance, saying, yes, almost there, the job is almost done, the end is at hand. He takes the bomb and he runs toward one of the prisoner trucks, but another member of the gang tackles him and the bomb goes flying. I've got my bomb sound effect ready, and Daredevil screams out that there's a bomb, and Ben screams out for everyone to get out of the truck, and he picks it up and he slams it down on the bomb. And I'm not sure exactly what just happened. I didn't see anybody getting out of that truck. Ben sees Mouse laying nearby, and Mouse says, You've won nothing, Grim, except a postponement of the inevitable. Ben immediately recognizes that he's under the mind control of Puppet Master, and he sees that other member of the gang, the one who tackled Mouse, laying dead nearby. And when Team Iron Man and Team Cap are about to do battle again, Ben steps forward, carrying the kid's dead body, and Ben says, Back off! Look at what your freaking war has done! He was just a kid! Once again, I feel, I feel like this is Straczynski saying, Look at how stupid the Civil War is. Some other gang members take the body away, and Ben screams out to all the heroes and sort of heroes, Don't you see what you're doing? 
Don't you see that you're tearing apart everything that makes this place worth fighting for? Look around. Take a long freaking look around. And they look around at all the damage done to the city of New York. And when Ben Grimm, the thing, the king of pointless damage, points out all the pointless damage, you know it's a lot of pointless damage. Cap says to Ben, That's why we need you, old friend, to stop this madness. And Iron Man says, The law needs you on our side, Ben. You've always been on the right side of a fight. But in the end, Ben declares, I say, to hell with both of you. He says he's against the registration law, but he's also not going to fight the government. So that leaves him with only one choice. I'm checking out of the country. Don't bother leaving the light on. I may not be back. Bump, bump, bum. Spoiler, he'll be back. And that is the end of the issue. Once again, the most interesting aspect of this issue is how Straczynski deals with the Civil War, a storyline that he clearly despises and has said that he did not care for it. And I think I said last episode, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't use Reed very much at all, since he has been turned into a giant asshole during the Civil War. And voila! Reed doesn't appear at all in this issue. Neither does Sue or Johnny for that matter. The only character who does appear is Ben Grimm, who was disgusted by the entire thing. The entire issue is just one big giant screw you to Civil War. It's almost like Straczynski saying that he's fed up with this, and he's leaving. But he's not. Yet. He's still got two more issues to go. And that's all for today. Coming next time, Fantastic Four 540 and Civil War 5. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at PodcastFF, and you can download other episodes of iTunes or at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.